The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville, Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician? Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell? Unreal. Unbelievable. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back to hang out with me once again. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. I hope you have been investigating my sponsor, Prophecy Inc. Remember, if you go to Prophecy Inc., they will give you 10% off your tattoo if you mention the Bar Star Podcast. Which you should be. And if you're not, then you have issues you need to deal with. Other than that, I have had a fantastic week. And I am having an even more fantastic day. Because I am not flying solo today. I am hanging out with my beautiful wife. A one, Stacy O'Reilly. Hi dear, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm fantastic. You're sitting in front of me and that's kind of awesome. Yes. It's like really awesome. Sorry, my voice is kind of scratchy. I like it. I had a throat thing. <laughs> <laughs> had a throat thing done. Is that what we're calling that now? A it's throat a little thing? Scratch. Yeah, a little we're... whatever. Scope. Throat thing. Oh, man, I thought you were going there already. I was in. Ew. What do you mean, ew? There's children listening. There shouldn't be. I have an explicit warning on my shit. That's a good thing. You're damn right. How's things? How's life, my dear? Good. I've been on vacation. A little mini staycation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to play house mouse instead of me. I did. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. You like me being house mouse better, though, don't you? Yes. So I can quit my job? No. Damn it. <sighs> All right, kids, you heard it. She won't let me quit my job, so send me money. No, I'm just kidding. No, I want you to become independently wealthy so I can quit my job. Oh, that's how this is going to work. That's how it'll work if you're independently wealthy. Well, you got a point. I can't really argue with that. So, I had you on the show today, not just because you're my amazingly hot, awesome wife, but because you can provide a unique perspective on what it's like to be the significant other, in this case, the girlfriend slash wife of a working musician. Lucky me. (laughs) (laughs) I am the chosen one. Hey, you knew what I did when we met. I never hit it. I know. So, I thought it would be interesting to have you on the show. So you could give your perspective of it. Your point of view of it. The Mm -hmm. things you dig, things you don't dig. If there was a learning curve. I mean, because it does. Jokes aside, it takes a very... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Patient, understanding, loving, caring, supportive, gear hauling, stage checking. Oh, anything else? No, that's it. (laughs) Show's over, folks. Bitch just beat me down on my own show. I'm out. I'm done. 
I was going to say all those things are true, but I was going to say that it takes a very special person to put up with what we do. Yes, it does. There are tons of musicians that are working musicians, no matter what level they're on. But there are also tons of us that are on the, quote, good side. We're not in it for the drugs and the debauchery and the parties and all that bullshit. But the problem is, though, the few of us, because we are few and far between, the few of us that are the, quote, good dudes or the good musicians, we get overshadowed by the stereotypes. Which, I get it, cliches are a cliche for a reason. They work. I checked you out first. You did. You mm, you you had some background check. Yeah, the whole works. Yeah, clinic. Yeah. Well, that was after we started dating. <laughs> That's for another show. We ain't gonna talk about the rape and scrape you made me get. It's a whole another topic for a whole another day. Not today. No, no, no. But it does take a special person to be with a working musician. So I thought it would be cool for you to give your point of view on it. It's a rough life, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like the donut guy remember the commercials in the 90s of the Dunkin Donuts guy time to make the donuts mm-hmm. he had a rough life he had to be up at the ass crack of the ass crack of the ass's crack of dawn and you're up until the ass crack of the ass crack dawn. of uh, who is dawn I want to meet dawn I do too <laughs> totally beat me to it I love you I love you okay so what is your point of view of being with a working musician. For those that don't know, uh, obviously our friends know, but for those that don't know, we've been together over nine years. We're coming up on 10 years. This September mm-hmm. of 18 will be 10 years. So what is your, like a quick point of view? What do you, because I do have some questions, even though I said I'm not going to interview people. Uh, I, I do think that there this episode would be kind of informative to some people that don't know or uh, people that... Male or female, I don't care. It is. It does get a little bit trickier for the female to be with a musician because of shit that always happens. Um, but I think this episode could be informative and maybe help somebody out, give them a different perspective. Data banker or an accountant, they make money. Data lead singer, they have less gear. Oh! Yeah, but they're always late. <laughs> <laughs> RMT. Oh! Love you, Ryan. <laughs> She learns fast, y'all. Well done. Now, uh, what is your point of view? Like the first thing that comes to mind when you think about it. For example, when we actually started dating, how did you view it? Because I knew you had friends. You had Kevin, God rest his soul, Kevin McCreary, and Mike, and all those guys. Right. And then I was. I'm not saying that I'm different or more special or less special than them. I just was in the whole. I was doing the original thing and the cover thing, so I had the. The best or worst of both worlds. But it's a lot different when your best friends are musicians and when you try to date a musician. It's a completely different world. Microphone is yours, my dear. You have to be very trusting. You have to be very... Which, like I said, when I said I checked you out, you came very highly recommended and were screened over and under. And (laughs) It took a long time for Kevin to give you my phone number. But... Damn um, he assured me, and the, the male friends that I had, Mikey and Kevin mostly, but um, they assured me that you weren't your typical musician. No. Basically, you weren't going to do what they had been doing, and I had been watching <laughs> them do for years. Um, love them both dearly. But 
until I moved to Louisville, I had never had anything to do with musicians or music. Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, I wish I'd have known younger and grown up in Atlanta. I could have met some really cool people. But whatever, Zach Brown. Um. Oh, I could go on for days. How many musicians came out of Georgia? Yeah, we. Could. But we'll talk about that later. Um. I didn't grow up knowing anything about musicians or music or. I mean, it just wasn't in my life. Right. Um, so moving here and being blessed that the first people I meet when I move here are musicians, they introduce me to your world. Whole new world if, you're ne- if right. you've never been in it. Absolutely. And watching them get to do cool things when I first met you, you know, you were the number one, you were in a band that was the number one song played on the radio. It was no big deal to me. I was just like, eh. <laughs> Okay, so what? You're throwing your CDs at me, and I'm like, I don't care. I don't care who you are. Well, you don't know who I am. I'm O'Reilly. I don't care who you are. She did say that, y'all. So for real. It took a while. Um, I mean, it was cool to watch you, and you know, once we started dating, it was a whole different world. Then it was like, oh my god, my boyfriend's on the radio. <laughs> that was really cool. It just flipped. I don't know. I can't explain it. It just flipped. But, um, you know, it took me a while to deal with insecurity issues that I had that all of a sudden, that's not my buddy on stage, that's my boyfriend. So all the chicks taking your shirts off or pouring shots of Jaeger down his throat or giving him lap dances from behind his drum kit, that took a while to get used to. A long while. Just for the record. Probably three, four years. Just for the record, a lap dance never happened behind my drums. I did have a chick... Make it behind my drums, and she got escorted off the stage very quick. But the rest of it is true. I gave you a lap dance behind your drum kit. We can't talk about that here, because that was at home, (laughs) and it was private. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, it just took a lot of getting used to, and it takes a very strong-willed person to be able to tolerate what you all do for a living. And I assume it would be, you know, we've talked about this before. What would it be like to date a stripper? Right. How does a guy watch his wife do that? And then have her come home to him. There has to be a lot of trust and a lot of, you know, whatever. Absolutely. It's really no different other than you have your clothes on. Well, most of your band. Some of your bands have their clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen many a pants drop. Yeah, there is. But it's just very, um, it it takes a lot of... of, uh, patience a lot of trust a lot of you know it like i said it took me a long time before i said hey you know what he's coming home with me it doesn't matter right well and 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 i'm only saying this purely because it's you and i talking as a couple i'm assuming because we've actually never really talked about a specific timeline so i'm not looking for a timeline but i'm assuming there was a point in your head like you just said, you realized mm-hmm. I was coming home with you. Right. But I'm assuming there's a point in your head that said, wait a minute. He's actually not in this for the other debaucherous bullshit. He actually does enjoy playing music and he loves playing music and that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. The rest he could take or to leave it. He doesn't give a shit about. Am I right? That'd be a safe assumption. Yes, you are correct. I, because I think a lot of people. And I can say this because I've been doing this for so damn long and I've seen it firsthand. A lot of people get into it for the party lifestyle, which doesn't really go on as much now as it used to because cell phones have ruined that for everybody. <laughs> right, right. There's evidence. There's evidence of all that shit. 
But I think a lot of people did get into it for the party lifestyle, and then they went, oh, fuck, I can actually... 80s, 90s. Yeah, especially the 80s. But I think it's worth mentioning that it takes a while. Obviously, we know how relationships Mm -hmm. work. It takes a while to, to get to know somebody. But I think it's worth mentioning that once you figure out what makes that other person tick... Right. You let them have it. Right. You let them do it. Right. And what I mean by that, why I'm bringing that up is because you've seen it since you've been with me. You know how many times I've talked about it. I've seen it a million times where somebody will get with a musician and want to be in a relationship with that person. Till reality kicks in. Till reality kicks in. The idea of, I've said this before, I've said this to you before, the idea of being with a musician is awesome. The reality of being with a musician kind of sucks. Sometimes. And what happens is those people will try to change that musician and then it never works. You can't, you can't, it's like me trying to change you. You're a mom. I'm not going to take that away from you. That's fucking dumb. It doesn't make sense. Well, I've watched it happen over the years with you, but one thing I've never done is don't start a fight or an argument with a musician right before they have to go on stage. Oh no. That is their job. (laughs) They are at work. They're there to do a job. They're blessed that they get to do what they love. And it's a cool job. It's a very cool job. But it's a job. But that's one of the worst things I've seen happen probably since we've been together is is I watch people, couples, or couple for the night, or whatever you (laughs) want to call them. Wait, what did we hear today? Starting things. What was it? Oh, shit. Rena Rena Barbie. Barbie. Yes. (laughs) Or Rena Ken. (laughs) Or Rena Barbie. Don't start shit with them right before they go on stage. It's not cool. No, no. Not cool. See, to all my friends that do know me, I told you she gets it. Sorry, it, carry on. It's very hard for a person to get it that it doesn't come from this world. It is. If It's a little different. I think if you've grown up around musicians, if you've mm-hmm. grown up around music, if you've been with somebody for 20 years that's played on stage, it's it's hard to swallow at first. Absolutely. It's hard to understand and grasp the fact that that is your job. You're going to work. Right. No more than I would want you to come to my job and start some shit. Of course, if you did, you'd be in handcuffs, but (laughs) (laughs) you can't even get in my building. But I'm just saying that, you know, and for years when you and I met, I was bartending and waiting tables and I would no more want you walking up in my job, making a scene or causing shit or, you know, leave that at home. Oh, yeah. Let them do their job. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree completely. So, note to self. Girls and guys, no fighting before going on stage. No. All right, so, all the uh, obvious realities out of the way. What do you dig about being with me? Besides, I'm so cute. I get to see some really cool shit from backstage. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I'm like a little kid. I'm like a little kid. What I love shows. What kind of cool shit? Um, I've seen some good things and some bad things. <laughs> yes, I've seen the Rena Barbies. I've seen the Rena Kids. <laughs> yeah, but I've also got... I have been able to meet a lot of people outside that realm. I've got to have conversations with people that I would have never had 
right conversations with before. Like right. I've actually sat down and had a drink and talked to people that are completely different than they are behind that microphone. So in other words, you've got to have conversations with people you, you never thought you would have conversations with, but at the same time, you've had conversations with just amazing people. Right, absolutely. They're different away from that guitar, away from that drum kit, or away from that microphone. You know, it's it's they're real people. Oh, absolutely. Real lives, and there's some really cool people I've got to meet. Mm-hmm. I have hooked you up. Yeah, you have. Kevin's hooked you up. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. With you. High five in a microphone. <laughs> it's all his fault. Okay. So, but I've also... Oh, go ahead. Side note. Sorry. But I've also... Um, she does this to me every day, kids. It's fine. It's, it was pretty funny, and I'm not going to mention the artist's name, even though they'll probably never hear this, but... People think I'm staring at them. Oh my God, she thinks I'm hot. Oh my God, she... No, I'm watching your musical ability. I think you're an amazing drummer. That's why I'm drooling over you. Not because I think you're hot. Barry Kirch. <laughs> wasn't going to say it out loud. That's I mean, okay. I, he's, he's, you know, one of my celebrity passes anyway. But I love to watch him right. play. So when I'm staring at him, it's not, oh, my God, I want to take you home. It's, oh, my God, you're an amazing drummer. Well, because you Same been... thing with guitar players. Same thing with... Right. We actually went to a show one time, and I was back, well, side stage, and um, watching the drummer and bored out of my mind. We got to talk to these people backstage. I'm not saying any names. Oh, I'll tell this story because I thought it was awesome. E- we went to see Buck Cherry, and my... Sabian cymbal rep told me to make sure when I was there, I talked to Xavier, who was their drummer at the time. I don't think he's with them anymore. But we were side stage at, uh, what is that fucking venue? The airplane hangar. Expo 5. There's a railing right there, and you're just kind of watching him like you're so bored, you just couldn't stand it. So when they get off stage, we go backstage, and we were talking to him, and, and I introduced myself to him. I said, hey, Bob told me to come talk to you. I'm a Sabian rep or a Sabian artist like you are. He goes, oh, and then he looks over at you and he busts out laughing. He goes, now I know why she was looking at me like she was fucking bored because she's with you. (laughs) Side note, he's a boring drummer. Okay, musician side note, he's a good drummer. He is a little boring to watch, but he's a good drummer. Well, But isn't everybody boring to watch compared to me? Yeah, pretty much. Not everyone. Very. Only because he has dreads. A lot of them. Okay. Random question. Ready? Random answer. Love you. <laughs> I love you too. Let's make out. No. Damn it. I got this throat thing. Oh, the throat thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? Um, <clears throat> what's one of your favorite things you've got to do because of being with me? Um, Rivergate Studios. Yeah, it's yes, pretty cool. By far. Avant garde dog recording. Mm-hmm. That yes. was pretty freaking cool. Yes, it was. Why do you think it was so cool? And I'm asking Because all- I walked in and there's a drum head autographed by my favorite people to me. Who wouldn't think that's cool? <laughs> okay, besides that. <laughs> besides that. Um, learning the process of recording music 
blew my mind. And that, blew just for the record, is the answer I wanted. It's watching... <laughs> because you've told me that before. Watching something from raw tracks to scratchy go to a finished product from beginning to end was amazing to me. It is a very, very intricate process. Yes, it is. Most people don't know that. It is amazing. It, it is. It is nothing Different short of Different people coming in and out and chopping and cutting and mixing and mastering, and it was amazing. I really enjoyed that. That's probably the coolest thing I've got to see. And you got yeah. to hang out with some of your peeps from Three Doors Down. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to answer with that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say I knew. I figured. I was pretty Love positive. me some Chris Henderson. I do too. What up, Chris? Super cool guy. Mm-hmm. Badass studio. Check it out. Rivergate yes, Rivergate Studios, is actually Nashville. a really cool studio. Does your plug. Oh, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to make me send this episode to Chris now, aren't you? Of course. Damn it. Great guy. Fine. He is a great guy. I love Chris. You know, I've I've watched him, talking about Chris Henderson, but I've watched him grow. He's gone through some massive changes over the last few years. His, yes, he has. His weight, his, you know, he quit drinking, partying, whatever. He's got a beautiful um, wife now. I think they're married. Yeah, I think they're married. Um. But watching you grow musically also, you know, I watched you go from being in an original band to 27 different projects later, everything <laughs> from covers to It's My Fault You Started a Country Band to I've watched you play anything and everything. Doing studio work is always amazing to me. I love to watch you do studio work. I love to um, do studio work. I've talked yeah. about that on the show before. I miss it. That's probably my favorite, even more so than live shows. I've watched you on a parade float. I've watched you do some crazy, <laughs> crazy the parade float. Yes, parade float, driving through town and playing drums. And I'm clearing traffic, leading the float. It was great. That was pretty funny. But, um, you know, what I do for a living now, we are both very blessed because we get it. We get each other's job. We get each other's career. Right. Um, now, I know I'm what a you first do. responder. I'm a 911 operator. Thank I've you. I've been with EMS for three years or mm-hmm. was in EMS for three years prior to 911 operator. Um, you know, the missed holidays, the missed birthdays, the celebrate Christmas whenever you can. You know, we've always got that. Right. Which is kind of cool because there's a lot of people, and that goes back to people that aren't used to your world. It's hard for a chick to understand you're going to miss anniversaries, you're going to miss Christmas, you're going to miss birthdays. I've celebrated my birthday in many a bars that you've been playing in, <laughs> even if I didn't want to. That's where my birthday party was. Right. You know, it's it's hard for the common person to understand that and get that. But we're very blessed because we both have jobs that require that. Right. And we have for years. and Well, and, and you will be back on the show because one of the shows I want to do with you is all your crazy calls that you get. Oh, Lord. But I will say that that was one of the the cool things when you started this job three, four years ago. And you said, hey, now my schedule is going to be fucked up like yours. Mm-hmm. I didn't even blink. I didn't bat an eye. Right. Because... You've gotten it for me. Why would I not get it for you? Right. On the one hand, but on the other hand, it is what it is. It's how you mm-hmm. make money. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's cool on both fronts because I don't I don't necessarily think you were worried about it, but even if you were, it was just immediately squashed. It's like, yes, eh, got it. It is yeah. what it is. That comes with the territory. Um 
going back to watching you grow musically, Mm -hmm. um, I also think there's a lot of accountability there because I can tell when you're getting stagnant. I can tell when you've stopped pushing yourself. And I remind you, you need to get back into original bands because you're boring. Why are you looking around the room? You're chastising me on my own show. I'm just saying, I can notice it where you don't notice it. You get so wrapped up in the cover world because it's easy and because it pays the bills. Well, I don't know if I'd call it easy. But you were an original band when I met you, Mm -hmm. and you were studying, pushing yourself. You were still schooling yourself every day with your music. And I think that you get stagnant sometimes, and I have to remind you that, hey, why don't you write something? Why don't you write some shit? That's kind of like me telling y'all to go do some shit. So I just got called out. Show's over. I'm splitting. I'm out. Or, hey, you've never played this before. Why don't you chart it out? Oh, I've got this. I don't need to chart it out. Chart it out. Sometimes it's just good to remind you because I know where you came from. True. And I know you were taught better than that. Damn. Tom Knight taught you better than that. He did. And for those of you that don't know, uh, I have said this before. Actually, I've typed it before. I've never said it on the show, which is my fault. But the amazing voice that you hear at the beginning of every episode, that is done by my friend Tom Knight. Now let's move on to social media issues. Okay, so what do you got for me on social media issues? What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? Dislike? Whatever. It's all up to you. I like kids and puppies. (laughs) I hate all the negative crap. I hate the bashing, the hating, the... Wait, wait. Can we just go back to you just... I like kids and puppies. You just looked me right dead in the eye and said kids and puppies. Yes. I do. I love kids and puppies. I like the cat videos, though. Well, I like cats, too. But stop it with all the other crap. <laughs> stop hating on each other. Stop. I, I hate it. I keep up with music stuff on social media. I keep up with a lot of friends that, you know, I haven't seen in years that I grew up with. I keep up with a lot of local musicians and what shows they're playing. But I hate the bashing. I agree. I hate when you post pictures of everything you eat or drink or every time you go to the gym. That's great. You need accountability. Perfect. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, yay, I did it. Wait, you mean we're going to send Brian a picture of a meatloaf? Yes. Sweet. We got to do it snail mail, though. If you've got, you know, I get it. If you've got um, health, nutrition advice. You know, you've got something that's going to change somebody's world. You're trying to sell your stuff, whatever. I get it. You're trying to run a business. You're trying to start a business, whatever. But I don't need to know everywhere you go, everywhere you do. It's a stalker's paradise, people. I'm a 911 operator. If you want to know how these people are finding you, all they have to do is look on Facebook or Instagram. They know what table you're sitting at. They know what car you just bought with a license plate number. 
I don't know how he found me. <laughs> I'll tell you how he found you. You're leaving a trail of evidence. <laughs> Wasn't too hard. He doesn't have to look very hard. Or she. You don't know how your stalker girlfriend, ex-girlfriend found you. But you're posting pictures of you and your new rent-a-barbie. <laughs> at Ruth Chris. Or wherever. At table 47. <laughs> you wonder how they found you. And that's—it's just because of what I do. I—I I, I think with that mindset. No, and and that's good because that's a different perspective. When I had most of the hangs I've had in here have all kind of touched on the same thing, and then Jess was the first girl I had on the show, and she said a lot of the same things that the other musicians that have been on the show have said about the videoing and stuff like that. But she also had a different perspective, being a girl about the beauty apps and all this, that, and the other, and then people who who just kind of bitch and, and complain about this, that, or the other. So I think it's cool to get it. not only are you a girl, but you have the 911 kind of mentality going, why the fuck would you post that and then wonder why something happened? So, that's, right. no, that's interesting. I dig that. I don't post a lot on Facebook. And if I do, it's usually about my granddaughter or one of your shows or your podcast or whatever. I did post a picture of a Bloody Mary today, but that be- was because it was the most amazing Bloody Mary. <laughs> How many times can your cheese fries be amazing? <laughs> and I gave a plug to the venue because that's where we had our wedding reception. Right. So it was twofold. Right. I support local businesses. Absolutely. I mean, to each his own. I just scroll right past you, but it's annoying. I No, I get it. I, I, I get it. I think... I want to know when you bought a new puppy or had a new kid or got married or where your band's playing. Not what you ate on the way to the venue and where you ate it at <laughs> every time. <laughs> no, like I said, if you've got information that's going to change my life... I'm in. Let me know. Well, and I think, uh, I forgot who said it. Mm, doesn't matter who said it, but they called it oversharing. Yes. Everybody overshares. Yes. Now, I do support all first responders, so I will post police stuff, EMS, fire. Oh, absolutely. Those are life-changing things. Well, and I post a bunch of band stuff, too. Right. It's what I do. It's my blood. It's a lot of people probably don't care about that. No, and, and it, it but is But if you don't care, don't call me. <laughs> Just saying. I don't care about you till I need you. You better be nice to me. You're gonna name me one day. <laughs> I can love you. I'm just saying. Kids and puppies. Kids and puppies and police, fire and EMS. And kittens. I like the cat videos. I mean, cats are fucking cool. Even though you don't like our cats, that's fine. I get it. I do. Whatever. Liar. They like you more. I feed them. So let's move on to stories from the stage. Oh, boy. All right. So, obviously, you've never been on stage because you don't play an instrument. But you did get on stage once. Because you knew nobody would see you, and it took me a long time to con you into this. 
But only one time did I con you into flashing me. And nobody knows because nobody saw it. Are you serious right now? Serious. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I know, but it took me years to con you into doing it. Oh, and yes. nobody saw it. Nobody even knows. Well, now everybody I was knows. Behind a banner. You were you were behind a big banner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just for me and I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I, I have four questions I'm gonna ask you. You ready? Yep. I think. What's one of a, what's a favorite show you've seen? Of yours? Nope. Angie Apparel. Hmm. Hands down, by far. I've actually talked about that on two different episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And why was that one your favorite? Oh, wait. And then there was Three Doors Down 12 times. I, let's go back to times. Angie Apparel, please, for the love of God. Okay. Um, <laughs> you took me to 12th and Porter. Is it either 12th and Porter or Exit Inn? I still can't remember. I think it was 12th and Porter. Um, when we first started dating, you introduced me to his music. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Um, I got to see him live. That was the only time I've actually seen him. It was at 12th and Porter, and it was a living room show. And he was actually set up on a little couch with a coffee table and a candle and this tiny little kick drum with a little pedal. And... No, Derek was playing with him. His drummer. But he had like a little kick drum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had pillows on it. it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That was it. Um... It was a lot of talking and, you know, it was like a conversation mm-hmm. with music. This is before he had a stroke. But I cried. You did? And I, I cried. I told that story on the Travis King And episode. I cried while he played Cry, which is even more ironic. <laughs> um, but it was the first time I felt music down to my soul. Mm-hmm. And I cry, and I couldn't stop crying. And it was weird. I wasn't trying to cry. I'm not a crybaby. And I cried. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. But it was like weird tears. It, it, it wasn't, oh my God, I'm sad over this song. No. I felt it was uncontrollable the music, and emotion. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it was life changing. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite stories to tell people. That was life changing. And for I, sure. I told that story on the Travis King episode, and mm-hmm. that's why it, I told it on that episode because he he had a similar experience. But well, I not tell, to mention I tell it was that all the time. I was used to the Faith Hill version of that song, right? But you were the one that taught me that he's the one that actually wrote it, right? Because so. it's on his record, The American. Yes. So to hear him sing it and play it, and then finding out he wrote. That song was mm-hmm. even deeper meaning to me. Mm-hmm. To hear him break that song down the way he did. Mm-mm-mm. I get yeah, it. Yeah, that was my favorite show. I, far. I thought that might be one of them, but I didn't want to assume because you're such a Three Doors Down fangirl. And yes. you're a Shine Down fangirl. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Oh, and my favorite Three Doors Down show was at that outdoor venue. What was that really cool place oh, in the woods? Oh, down in Nashville in the woods. Yes, that yeah, stage in the three woods. Three Doors Down in... Uh, that was amazing. Theory of a Dead Man? I don't remember who... I don't care who was playing with them. <laughs> theory that's of horrible. Dead Man opened for Three Doors Down. But it was just... That's probably my favorite venue. Oh, that's one of my favorite venues. It was stage in the middle of the, of the woods. Oh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. I need to... We need to... Re- note to self on my own show. Find that venue. 
Yes. Okay. So what is one of the worst shows you've seen? Guar. <laughs> ICP. Both of those. Terry Harper, I love you, but no. <laughs> Never again. I just want y'all to know how fast she answered that shit. Mm-mm. Nope. Never again. <laughs> okay, moving on. What is one of the favorite shows you've seen of mine? Or watch me play, or however you want to word it. Um, your show with Willow Creek. Which one? Thompson Fourth Square Street. or Eli Young Bid? Fourth Street, Thompson Square. Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, that was the one my was pop my was favorite. at. Yep. That was my favorite show of yours. Mm. Mm. That was pretty good. Heaven one. Hill. Yeah, Heaven uh, Hill. There's a lot of good Heaven Hill shows, too. Yep. I threw you under the bus on that one. It's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah, it is. I've, done, I've been pretty fortunate. I know you're worst. <laughs> That's the next question. Hang on before we get there. Speedy. I've been pretty fortunate. I've been able to do some really, really cool shit in my life. Yeah, you have. Even before you and since you, I've, mm-hmm. I've been pretty fortunate musically. I uh, I never complain about what I've done. I never bitch about it. I've been... I hate to use the word luck. I've been very fortunate because I've busted my ass for most of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it I fell into. I totally did. I'm not going to lie about that. Okay, so last one. What's the worst show? Because you were, you were ready to get to that. The worst show of mine you've seen. Um, anytime you or any other musician that I know plays to an empty room is always the worst show. Yeah, that always When sucks. you play to the bar staff, that's... Note, I will never let any of my musician friends play to an empty room if I have to sit there for hours waiting you to go, for you to go on break. That is true. She has done that. I Not just never, for me. You'll never play to an empty room. I get my own concert, but you'll never play to an empty room. Your worst show... <laughs> And I'm not going to say which band you were in, and I will not throw anyone under the bus. Okay. But you were at the Gold Nuggets. Okay. And your lead singer. People are probably going to figure this out. (laughs) And I like this person now. I didn't like this person then. Your lead singer has no shirt on. Having sex with a microphone stand on stage has a completely shit-faced, drunk-ass girlfriend that he has to keep leaving stage to go wrangle Wrangle. up this girlfriend (laughs) while he's still singing. I was embarrassed for you. I was embarrassed for your band, who are friends of mine. Yes. And I'm sitting at the bar watching this transpire, and a complete stranger looks at me and says, I'm embarrassed for them. (coughs) I wanted to crawl under my chair. (laughs) I've never been embarrassed of any project you've had. I was embarrassed. And I think I even said to you, please, for the love of God, kill this band. Well. (laughs) Kill this project. I'm done. No, 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 no. Hang on. I do have to correct you. That was never my project. I was a fill-in for that. Whatever. Please don't do it again. (laughs) 
It was horrific. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've conducted some great massive train wrecks, but I, that wasn't mine. I was uh, I was a fill-in for that one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Bad. <laughs> I think I got it mocked out, actually. I, I, I felt so bad for you. I think you did, too. But I do remember that was a record breakdown that night. You you helped me. We were out of there fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never carried your gear so fast. Time to go. All right, so let's move on to what am I listening to? All right, so what are you digging on? What are you jamming on right now? Angie Apparel's new record. Seriously, I just talked about him last week. Life is a flower, life is a gun. It's very different um, than what he's ever done before. Indeed. He's in a different mindset. Well, Um, and I know you don't usually listen to my shows because you're home when I record them. Um, I talked about it last week and I'll talk about it again really quick because you're sitting here. If you remember when I was recording last week's show, I was reading what he wrote on the internet on his webpage about having the stroke and having to relearn everything. Mm-hmm. That's why that record's so different. Mm-hmm. It's freaking cool. He's in a completely different place than he's ever been before, and mm-hmm. I'm digging it. I still like his old stuff, but I'm digging it. Oh, yeah. That goes back to watching musicians grow and change and being able to watch that happen. Um, and sometimes the change is because of they want to change, and sometimes, in his case, he didn't have a choice. Right. There's right. a lot of guys like that. Yep. And girls, of course, not not singling out guys, but I just mean guys as a blanket statement. I really wish I would have known him when I lived in Atlanta um, and been able to see him more than I have. But there's 50,000 great musicians that come out of Atlanta that I wish I would have known. Mm-hmm. My parents, I don't have, like I said, I don't have any musical background. Both my parents have a little bit. Um my mom sang at the Grand Ole Opry when she was 16. My dad sat, sat around a campfire with picking a guitar and singing my whole childhood. But I did play the flute once. Did you even know that? I played the flute. I have so many jokes right now. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it alone. I tried to play the flute. Yeah. But I didn't have, you know, my dad being a single parent raising two kids. There was no music lessons or right. anything like that. No, and I get We couldn't that. do anything extracurricular because he was trying to do it all on his own. But I wish that um, I would have known more about music and musician. Right. Musicianhood, musicianship, music history, whatever. You call Something it whatever music you want. related. Right. Growing up in Atlanta, I think I could have thought, I could have. Um, met some cool people and seen some great things happen. Probably, but. A very wise man once told me, never have regrets. It might suck when you look back on it, because I, th- I think the same thing, because there was, there were times I was around people that were turned into megastars, and I had no idea. I used to hang out with this little band called White Heat in Charlotte, and I was, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. I didn't know anything. White Heat turned into Firehouse. Now, what you think of Firehouse is irrelevant for a minute. Those guys were fucking huge. Right. I didn't know anything. I should have attached myself to them. And But you just can't, you can't look at shit like that. What else are you jamming on? 
That it? You're just going to go with Angie right now? He's my go-to lately. Yeah, dude, so damn good. Him and his wife. Her harmonies are sick. Yes. Sick. But he's all over the place. Carrie Underwood's new song with the rapper in it. I don't even know who he is. Oh, yeah, you let me hear that. Champion. Yes. I love watching her, too. I love listening to her and watching her grow and change and transition into different genres. Crossover, Mm -hmm. I like to call it. Yeah, she's one of the few that... I hate to be stereotypical, but there's quite a few modern country female artists that have a team of writers behind her, mm-hmm. behind them. Mm-hmm. And her team of writers is actually pretty small. She doesn't, I mean, she still has help. I mean, not everybody can write songs, so I'm not busting anybody's balls for that. But she tends to have a lot of input in her songs, which I think is really cool. She has a very small team. Versus having 47 motherfuckers and they all contribute one line and here's a hit song. Right. She's actually like, no, let's just slow you fucking roll and let's write an actual mm-hmm. song. So that's it? Nothing else? Just that stuff? I don't have time. I don't have much time anymore. Oh, that's so sad. When I leave my job, I don't even turn my radio on in my car anymore. I can contest to that. That's very true. I love introducing my granddaughter to new music. She loves some smooth jazz. She loves jazz. At six months old, she is a jazz snob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know why? It's because your husband's fucking smart. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that'll make her quit crying. Well, that's it, kids. That's my little hang with my hot little wife. I uh, I thought I'd give a different perspective on what it's like to be with a musician. And before... You and I get out of here. Do you have any advice or any words of wisdom to the young? All right, I'm just going to say it. The young fucking idiots that think dating as a musician is wonderful. Don't do it. (laughs) Date a lead singer. They have less gear. I fucking love you. Okay, seriously. If you can't understand that that's their job and you can't support them 110% in what they do at their job don't bother now let me ask you a question if you have jealousy issues run for the hills yeah that's so true if you have insecurities at all run run for the the hills hills. Mm. and if you've never heard it go listen to run to the hills right Uh, (laughs) see I did that ha ha another high five in a microphone uh now, throw you under the bus a little bit. What if it's not your job? What if it's just your massive passion and you're trying to write the next greatest record? You still feel the same way? Absolutely. That's why I love you. Because you get it. So, I hope everybody learned something about my hot little wife. And I will say she will be back because she's got some crazy 911 stories. We just have to find the legal ramifications to make sure my ass don't get in trouble. But... She's going to tell some of her crazy stories. But I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Maybe let your significant others listen and kind of uh, maybe digest some of the things that my wife said and some of her opinions on things. Y'all know my number. She's. <laughs> what is your number? 911. <laughs> She's a smart chick. She gets it. She puts up with a lot. And uh, I love your face, woman. I love your face, husband. So that's it. We're out of here. 
And as I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. Stacy, tell them. Hey, y'all, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> y'all do some shit. It's the reason I have a job. That's it. I got nothing. You win. Winner, winner, chicken fucking dinner. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for being on my show. Thanks for walking into my office. It's so far from the living room. <laughs> so until next time, I will talk at you soon. <laughs>